Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Dude, and we're back. Yeah, it's it's been a few weeks. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long couple of weeks for me here, which is kind of kind of why we haven't had a podcast. Uh, we had a, had a family uh, issue we had to go deal with, and then we moved, and then I've been in shift work, but I'm back. I, on the other hand, have just been playing Shadow of War. That's it. It was How on sale that? on Steam. Um, so I'm I'm halfway through it. I have you and I both played Shadow of Mordor, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't get all the way through it, but yes. So the thing about Shadow of Mordor is it's a steep learning curve really early on and then the second half of the game is a breeze they fixed that in this game the the ai is pretty damn slick nice and uh i should have i've with my experience in the previous game i've been able to do pretty well but it's it's much more difficult which i appreciate it's a little more time consuming uh but you get to ride a drake and shoot fire at orcs so that's a lot of fun that also sound, that right there sounds it, pretty rewarding it's super rewarding also <laughs> like you remember when you would like run into a captain the captains are way stronger this time yeah and and they talk trash to you like they've they've kind of added uh a whole bunch of different kind of comments the voice acting is so good because no one repeats the same thing over and over again right. the nemesis system feels like it's delivered on the promises they made in the first game because remember when they talked about the nemesis system you're gonna have this guy following you and he's gonna be you know your nemesis so i got my first nemesis in the game and he has legit reason to be mad at me <laughs> like he has legit re- so like what did you, you in do in the first game you so because i was just le- again i'm just learning the new system so <laughs> so you you brand I, I, you're branding your captain and branding them turns them to your side so they're enemies and you can make them your side so you can make one of them your bodyguard so I'm building up my my army, following the lead, following the the lead of the game, and then uh, I brand another guy and I send him on a mission. And I kid you not, five seconds after I sent on a mission, he comes back. He betrays me. It's like this giant like troll. He has my bodyguard by the head, holding him in the air. He slams his head on the ground repeatedly and leaves him there. And what I didn't realize is that when he did that, there's a counter that starts over my bodyguard's name, and it, uh, and it says bleeding. And it's like a it's a, a counter that starts to drain. So I have to save him before he bleeds out. Sure. I didn't. I didn't know that at the time. So you didn't so do that. So I didn't save him from bleeding out. So he died, and now he has been following me the entire game. <laughs> I've had to kill this guy seven, seven additional times, and every time he he reminds me of like how I betrayed him, how I left him to die, how um all I'm like all this, this I don't care about him. Like he's butt hurt hard. He's kind of right. Nice. It's really something. Also, they added the hype man which i really like the hype man is a really cool feature i've only seen it twice but you the captain shows up he looks all tough and then another orc jumps out in front of him and starts talking smack like like a, like a straight up uh, rap hype man he's like you see this orc this orc is about to beat you senseless he is going to rip your skin off in front of everyone he's gonna do it to you he doesn't want to say it i'm gonna say it you're going down like it was a was a legit hype man and naturally the hype man is the first guy i kill but it's sure it's act- actually getting the um a lot of fun and it was on sale on steam so why the heck not yeah no absolutely good good old steam sales steam sales stripping, are... stripping money out of our wallets basically yeah. because we can't help ourselves it's entirely and here's the thing is the whole thing was on sale you had the standard game the silver edition and the gold edition but i was like so i don't know which one do i get so like one is like 20 bucks one's for 30 bucks and the other's like 50 bucks it's like all right i'll just get the gold edition with everything 
thing on it. And I get it, and I start the game up, and it says, I get this message. Oh, we have listened to our fans, and blah, 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 blah. We know we're not happy. So starting in July, we will no longer sell the Gold Edition. Everything will be available in the Silver Edition. And I was like, well, damn it. Nice. So I spent the extra 20 bucks. But still, if I had paid full price, it would have been like $160 if you included all the DLCs I got with it. So 50 yeah, bucks is not that bad. No, that's really not terrible at all. No, it's, again, I go looking for deals. Of course. All right, so today, uh, aside from that, we're going to be talking a little bit about... Uh, what's going on with Jet Li, the passing of Margot Kidder, and just kind of catching up on stuff. Just kind of as the, as the topics come, we will discuss them. As the world turns, baby. Oh, yeah. So, Margot, I want to talk about Margot Kidder first. Yeah. Um, because I remember back in the 90s when she had her kind of mental breakdown. Yeah. And, and she was, I forgot the details to it, but that was something I actually remember. I, sh- I shouldn't say vividly remember because I, I don't remember the details details but i do remember her having like mental issues and i believe she was homeless at one time uh it was it was really oh yeah that's right here it is um she was reported missing in 1996 and police took her away in handcuffs i mean i remember that being just a really sad moment for an actress who i mean i don't know much of her work outside of superman but anytime you see someone struggling with mental health issues it to, to me it just, it just me personally I, I always my heart always goes out to yeah you know it, I, I mean one i mean she was great in that role Yes. Fantastic. We're talking about mental health issues. So I've, re- I've started to rewatch Babylon 5. And by rewatch, I mean I watched the first episode for like the second time and then watched the rest of it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was kind of looking into it because I know parts of that cast kind of turned over fairly early on. Yes. And uh, the guy who, Michael O'Hare, who played the, the lead originally. Uh, Sheridan. Made, no, uh, no, no, Sinclair. Uh, mm-hmm. Sinclair, that's right. And then um, Bruce Boxleiter came in as, as Sheridan. Sure, yes. Um, Michael O'Hare left the show because he was having no shit, like, schizophrenic breakdowns, basically. Um, and uh, J. Michael Straczynski, who is the the show the writer for the show, um, is also a well-known science fiction novelist, mm-hmm. um, had offered to actually postpone, like, production of the show to, so he can go get treatment. Uh, and he said no. So he got through this the season and then, and then left. And they didn't tell anybody like why he left. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, O'Hare told Straczynski, "Hey, you know, please keep this a secret, but only keep it a secret until my death. Mm. Like when I, if I, you know, when I pass away, he's like." tell people what happened because you know this this does need to come out and people need to understand and you know people should should take this as an example to go seek treatment um mm-hmm. and he died that about six years ago actually they're fairly young of a heart attack mm-hmm. um, a couple of those cast members have passed away the guy who plays um ambassador shakar yeah he, he passed away a couple years ago not a couple um 10 years ago but he had just bad health yeah um and yeah so uh, interestingly enough i think it was at a convention i was at it was at phoenix comic-con i had no idea at the time in 2012 um, is when uh, Straczynski actually like talked, discussed this. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I never knew why either. But I actually Sinclair kind of grew on me. I have mixed feelings about that show. I was. It's funny you mentioned it because I was recently like looking it up for whatever reason, kind of just reading the wiki on it, refreshing my memory about who was in it and what the story was like. It's actually a pretty epic story. Yeah, I was gonna say you know the production value isn't as high as something like star trek like it's no, definitely yeah. it, it's it's definitely a lower production value but because straczynski was writing it and he comes from the you know a science fiction novel background there's definitely a lot of like threads and kind of interwine 
interweaving and whatnot. It's not quite George R. R. Martin Game of Thrones, but no, but he was writing for the long game. Oh yeah, and apparently, like he had he had different trap doors built in so that if something happened, um, he like with either the cast or with with where the story was going or something, he could make changes without you realizing like mm-hmm. he was changing things on the fly. Right, right, right. Basically, like imp- allowing himself to improvise and not it being super jarring. Like, oh, wh- what happened there? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to write around your lead leaving, but I actually, uh, what was the name of the guy who played Sheridan? I forgot that guy's name. Uh, Bruce Boxletter. It's the same, yeah, it's the same guy from Tron. Right. Right, I liked him. I thought he was very good. No, I I enjoy him as an actor. He's one of those actors that I don't sense. that doesn't. He's one of those actors that doesn't get a whole lot of work, but I enjoy mm-hmm. what he does. Yeah, <clears throat> man, I still want like I know Tron Legacy didn't do very well. I wanted more Tron movies though. I did too. Damn it! I actually. I, here's the thing: Tron Legacy's opening weekend was pretty darn good. I think it was a uh, something like fifty-four something million on an opening weekend, but it, it just didn't have legs. Yeah. I thought that movie was beautiful. I mean, the story was good too. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I really liked Olivia Wilde. Um, yeah. Boy, we got really far afield from Margot. From, from we, we did. Margot Jenner. This is what happens when I mean, we, we haven't yeah. talked in a couple of weeks, and we have like very little plan. So just. Just kind of kind of grab I mean, on and run, roll with us. I mean, we're sorry, you know. I do. We. I mean, I, I have the article from when she passed away two weeks ago, so I don't know if anything's come out as far as the cause of her passing. But if I remember correctly, she just was not in good health. Yeah. So the the MSN thing I'm looking at at the bottom has uh like you know people celebrities who've passed away. Another yeah. another one actually worth mentioning though is uh writer Tom Wolf who passed away recently. So and I know the name, but why should I know the name? Because I, I he's, so he's, re- he's written a number of things, but the one the one that you and I probably know him best for is is the right stuff, which yes. is okay. a hist- a history of uh, the early uh, test pilots and then the uh, Mercury Seven astronauts that I actually ju- I just listened to on audiobook a couple of months ago, and it, it's really very well written. It's a darn good movie. It's a darn good movie, and he he's got. He's not quite as off the wall as Thompson, but but he he's he's not that far from it. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's a very like new like magazine kind of journalistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy it. So yeah, if you had a chance, watch that movie. It's uh, oh yeah, have it. it's really really fun. I mean, it's probably close to what four hours long. It is a long movie. It was. I remember first time I ever watched it. It was like a two VHS set when you had to get it, and it was like two hours on each cassette. Yeah, no, it's it's a long one, but it's it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, there's like a little it was um, it's a kind of a small supporting role uh, for Jeff Goldblum in there, which is fun to watch. It's hysterical to watch because he keeps because like the, his biggest thing is he just repeatedly runs down the fucking hallway. Yeah, uh, but I, I always remember <laughs> he's like he's, he's always running down the hallway delivering bad news. It's hysterical. But I, I, there's a whole isn't there a running gag in there where he's constantly wearing the wrong jacket? Like he's he's got like a partner that he's with who's like shorter than him, and they keep switching jackets by accident. You know, it's been a while since I've watched it, so that that may be a thing that I'm just not recalling. I just remember that gag. It might have been just one scene, but I, it's just it's just stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, there, there's there's several good ones on that. So we should talk a little bit about Jet Li. Uh, yeah. So what's going on? Because looking at this picture, like Jet Li is not looking good. Holy God. No, like considering like he he that, looks like he's aged about thirty years. Yeah, that like you know last time we saw him was Expendables three, and that really wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. Not at all. But I, yeah, I don't know that the the nature of his. Um, illness or what the nature of his health struggles are, but you compare him to the way, like, say, Jackie Chan looks right now, and it's not even a close comparison. No, and Chan's older, isn't he? Yes, by a lot. Like, Chan's, like, in his late 60s. He looks great. 
I think. I think he's in his late 60s. But he yeah. definitely looks great. Uh, Lee, yeah, it's just, um, it's kind of like tight-lipped about what's going on, but... Yeah, yeah he, it's something. It says hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism and um and and uh, spinal problems. Now, the spinal problems, I get. Yeah, he, he's he like Jackie Chan. He does his own. He does all his own shit. And mm-hmm. you know, these guys get fucking hurt. Yeah, you take heavy duty bumps. Yeah, but like now, he literally looks like he's he's like eighty. Yeah. Do you have like a particularly favorite uh, Jet Li movie? Were you a big fan of his? I've always enjoyed what I've watched, but I've never been like super closely following his career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, the thing is. Like he never quite caught fire the way Jackie Chan did in the United States. Like he didn't have a rush hour, right? The way Chan did is he was always kind of the supporting guy in like the Lethal Weapon or the the Expendables. And then if he was the leading man, they were usually kind of cheap B action movies like The One. Uh, however, there's one that's actually really quite good called um, I think it's called Unleashed. It was originally known as Danny the Dog. It was out I don't know sometime when I was in college was actually a lot of fun to watch but his early hong kong stuff for instance um when he does once upon a time in china those are a lot of fun to watch Oh, yeah. And, and um, more recently, he did Hero, which I thought was very good. And Oh, I, oh, I forgot about Hero. Oh, that was yeah, that he, was so good. I love the, the use of color in that. Yeah, that director knows how to do that kind of stuff. It's really... Even in the movies aren't... I think it's the same director who did The Wall. And even when the movie's not good, it's still pretty. Yeah. And he... I was going to say, the other one he did, he was, was Fearless, which was kind of like his last big martial arts movie, at least that I can think of that, that got big play right but so yeah he's always been you know one of these consummate hong kong action presence that even if the movie's not great it there's there's still a lot of fun to watch sure. i mean they're, they're, they're well-made action films right I mean, yeah and he's so legit that you know you you can watch them and you're like oh okay this this works this looks great like you watch his action he he has his hand in in the kind of action directing the, the way that jackie chan and it's it's just it's amazing when you see like an athlete even though he's not a like a sports athlete but he's obviously a very was a very athletic man and like you see a guy like this just become frail it's just it's just so jarring yeah it's, you know it, think of um like muhammad ali is the one the next person who comes to mind where he was like one of the greatest if not the greatest boxers of his day known primarily for his ability to move and then you look at him later in life and he had no movement it was you know hard to look at sometimes because of that that's 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 the way i feel about lee yeah i can see that yeah no i mean it's just it it's rough it really is i didn't realize he was a survivor of the 2004 tsunami you know i i seem to remember hearing hearing about that i don't right i don't know the details of that. i was just i'm just looking over this article right now it doesn't do details it just says jet survived the 2004 tsunami will next host the reality competition king of bots which airs in china i mean at least he's keeping busy yeah he's not like in, you know dead yeah no that, i mean that yeah that's good because if he's still at least being active mm-hmm. right when you start really getting you start really getting worried when they you know they're not active and they're not, not going anywhere right and then you get stories like we get with stan lee of just people abusing them and it's like oh boy yeah 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 all right so you just want to cover them the movie news because i I saw Deadpool 2 and Solo kind of in anticipation of, of, of our conversation, even though we didn't talk about or plan that we were going to talk about them. I did just in case. Yeah, unfortunately, literally, I've because of shift work and whatnot, I have not had a chance to see anything. So I got you cuffed. So I did see Deadpool 2. Now, I will say this. The first Deadpool movie we'll talk about briefly because I think you and I both enjoyed it. 
both liked it. I think you might have liked it a lot more than I did. I seem to remember saying I gave this movie a C plus, you know, which is not a bad grade. It's just, you know, I, I liked it. It just wasn't all that to me. I don't remember how you felt about the first one because, correct me if I'm wrong, you are not a big fan of Deadpool. No, I rather despise the character, actually. Um, but, oh, but, yes. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the first film. I was extremely surprised by it, by how much I enjoyed it. So now with the new Deadpool, we have, we've introduced Cable. Do you read a lot of the Deadpool and Cable books? I'm not as well versed on Deadpool and Cable, but Cable is one of my favorite characters. Okay. And give us a quick background on who Cable is, because I'll say this much. In the movie, we don't get any of his background. Which is actually for the movie's benefit, because Cable is one of the, like, biggest black holes of continuity in the existence of comics. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's bad. It. I, I mean, so, so Cable was originally introduced just as New Mutants was transitioning into being X-Force. So he's a creation of Rob Liefeld. And in general, the character doesn't really have much of a background other than he's some kind of like super soldier from the future. What has been retconned into his story is that he is the young Nathan Christopher Summers, the the child of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, who Madeline Pryor is a Jean Grey clone. Oh, this is getting good. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, know, you see where this is going. Yep. Uh, he was infected with a techno-organic virus as an infant and taken into the future so that the he could be basically be not cured but treated so that the techno-organic virus didn't fully overtake him. So this explains the kind of part cybernetic look that he has. Yes. Okay. Um, and then he has come back from the future into the past and generally is kind of a foe of Apocalypse mm -hmm. because the timeline he grew up in is a timeline where apocalypse um basically one it, now that's different from the days of future past timeline because that's the one where the sentinels went right yes because so there's multiple bad timelines we gotta fix especially for the x-men there's a lot of bad timelines okay like shit is not good for the x-men no matter what happens there's bad shit happening ends poorly for the yeah for the x-men yeah um so, I mean, there's a lot more that like gets like even crazier but that that's an, that's the gist of things right so now the, the premise of this movie is that deadpool um cable played by josh brolin who i'll say this much i like josh brolin as an actor but i will be biased because i wanted stephen lang to play deadpool and i thought stephen lang had the look and the size to be deadpool and maybe it's me being nitpicky but josh brolin's got skinny arms <laughs> he just wasn't that intimidating like the robot arm was look pretty bad but pretty pretty badass but like this other arm was just kind of small because he's, he's actually pretty barrel chested right uh Josh Brolin, he's got these little arms, and I do you remember Stephen Lang how like Jack he was in Avatar? I don't know if he's still like that big because it was ten years ago. Sure, but like that's the way I think of like that's the way I envision Cable. So so there was there's a running gag in the movie about Cable being short and undersized, but it did it. I feel like I'm nitpicking, but it did kind of it, it did kind of bug me. But the basic premise is that something bad happened in Cable's timeline, right? And they don't talk about any of the stuff you mentioned. They don't mention any of that, right? That, basically his family is killed we find out later it's by this person named firefist and cable he, he can just do this slaps what looks like the golden compass 
and goes back in time like Terminator style yep. to go back and defeat Fire Fist. I don't know who Fire Fist is. Do you, is Fire Fist in th- this? This sounds like a C level villain. Have who's who's Fire Fist? Uh, is this someone they just made up? No idea. No idea. Okay, so neither did I. So we're all in the same boat. Basically, the, the kind of that's the main plot is that Cable wants to stop Fire Fist. Deadpool by just kind of uh, circumstance, he's trying to have a kid in the first five minutes of the movie. So I'm not spoiling too much of it. Um, he's out doing like he's trying to do good and then he's trying to start a family with um the chick from serenity uh i can't remember her name sure what's what's that actress's name we've met her and i can't remember her name um, um marina um, bakarin bakarin something like that right we've uh so she i uh, just said she dies in the first five minutes of the movie it's like right but deadpool can't save her and he's super depressed and he winds up trying to join the x-men he sucks at it he crosses path fire fist they both get arrested they go get sent to the prison where they lose their they put collars on and they lose their powers and then in comes cable so the whole premise is Cable's trying to kill this kid. Deadpool, who just doesn't seem to like the idea of Cable killing a kid, is trying to stop him. And then as the movie goes on, uh, Deadpool wants to build a team. And then, you know, circumstances occur where Deadpool and Cable have to work together to stop Fire Fist from... They work out a deal where Deadpool can talk Fire Fist out of being evil. Cable won't kill him. And that's the basic premise of it. That's, that's what they have to do. I'll say this much. If you were a big fan of the first movie... I think you will probably like Deadpool 2. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first movie. I thought it had its moments. I thought it was pretty good. I appreciated an R-rated movie. I appreciated them making an attempt, especially at the time, the first Deadpool was very refreshing uh, when it came out because it was just obviously, I think this is a Fox product. I don't think it's a Sony one, right? No, it's this a Fox, is Fox product. Fox, it was obvious that Fox is just not going to duplicate what Disney Marvel is doing. Disney Marvel's perfected this uh, formula. It works really well for them. It's box office goal. It actually is a... a a hell of an achievement even if i'm not a fan of the product i have to admit it's a hell of an achievement but nevertheless deadpool's came out in 2016 to me was very refreshing and, and it got us logan and i remember you and i were talking about how nervous were about possible what what the deadpool effect could be after this movie came out sure and so far, I think it's been pretty good, pretty positive. I don't know where you stand on that. No, I would have to agree. I mean, I think the concern with what we were thinking of as the Deadpool effect was going to be that everything they were going to try and do is rated R, and it hasn't been that way. They've made mm-hmm. select films rated R, but I think they were appropriately select films like Logan. Right. And I think, you know, and, I, and again, me, I pine for the days of the R-rated action film from my youth in the 90s. So any opportunity for an R-rated action movie, I'm willing to take. But, but I understand your point is of course not every action has to be an r rating this is just obvious right but the fact that they've been select about it and they and then when they do it they're smart that was that was i remember that was my main concern is like oh okay logan's gonna be rated r so what is it gonna be good because you can make a rated r superhero movie movie and it can blow right and at least i i enjoyed logan i thought logan was pretty darn good yeah no i i I think they've they have been very strategic about it now keep in mind the, the the people who have been doing that is fox so Fox has mm-hmm. done a very good job. I mean, Disney has kind of seen what's going on and just said, eh, we're going to do our thing. Yeah, and, I, and again, I would say stick with that. I, I don't know what Sony's thinking anymore, but even if they are. But... I think I think what Sony's thinking is, oh, God! <laughs> they probably do. God, what are we doing? Uh, but that said, I didn't think the movie very funny. So, and, and when I say I didn't think it was very funny, 
I didn't think it was funny at all. There's really like one line in it that I thought, or one exchange between Deadpool and Cable that I did think it was legit funny. Uh, where, where Deadpool wants to hug Cable, so he gives him this big, big, big hug, and he like holds it for like an uncomfortably long amount of time, and all of a sudden you hear like Deadpool go, "Is that a knife in my dick?" And <laughs> Cable goes, "That's a knife, Dick." Like that part made me laugh. Nice. There's a there's a part I'll just call it the baby legs scene that a lot of people who did enjoy the movie really liked it. it didn't do much for me but but that that's been kind of like the big comedy moment of the movie i'll just call it the baby leg scene uh i remember what got me into the movie was the, the the trailer where they introduced peter and it was kind of funny but that that deadpool team doesn't last very long we'll just we'll just sure put it to that and i would have liked more peter i, w- I really would have liked more peter okay uh, I, thought, I thought that was really funny uh but it was kind of funny on the trailer but that said it just wasn't funny to me so when i'm sitting in the movie that's runtime was long it like two hours it felt longer than two hours uh yeah it was 119 minutes it was long if you just if you're just not feeling the humor it tends to drive you crazy it certainly drives me crazy i know it drives you crazy when you're watching like a james franco movie or seth rogan movie right and that's what basically happened to me is i i just the humor wasn't doing it for me the audience i was seeing it with was eating it up so i think i haven't gotten a chance to talk to a lot of people about it i've spoken to a few other people they really liked it uh um, they really, really liked it. But as far as I was concerned, this was a big, this was difficult for me to get through. Okay. So I, I would regularly recommend you see. Oh, no, I, I fully intend to as soon as I get out of fucking shift work. <laughs> uh, and that, the other thing I got to see just for you, I had two shows on Saturday and then went to go see a late show of Solo just for you. And let me tell you something. Maybe it's low expectations or maybe I've been wrong about Ron Howard, but I actually like this movie. You know, it's funny because now that you say that, I had forgotten that you were like not thrilled with Ron Howard. I am not thrilled at all with Ron Howard. I kind of like this movie though. Because let me, so I, I don't know how, we didn't really talk about what we were feeling going into this. And I had spoken to a few friends of mine and I don't know if we we had this conversation, but I thought making a solo movie was a bad idea because those of us who like Harrison Ford and really like Han Solo and who kind of identify more with Han Solo than say like a Luke Skywalker or any of the Jedi stuff, liked not knowing the past of Solo. I liked that being a mystery. I liked that you can kind of graft on, it was a, kind of a blank slate, that you can kind of make Solo whatever you wanted him to be. And I understand that there's probably books and comics that, that covered it. I sure as hell didn't read them. So I was really, really apprehensive about making a Solo movie because then it's going to become canon and that's going to be the character. And uh, and then it's going to be the character directed by Ron Howard. So like, I'm worried. I sure. don't know if you felt that way going into it, because that was my concern. Yeah, there was that, and then the, and then you know we started hearing all the the crap coming out of the, the filming, and yeah, then it we was covered that pretty extensively. Well, and then finally it was just like watching the trailers. I'm going, you know, part of me really thinks this would be better just as a science fiction movie, not a Star Wars movie. Right. And here's the thing with the trailers, you still were watching them, going, so what is this about? <laughs> You're like, not really sure what this is about. Right. What's the point? Uh. So that said, I understand where you're coming from, but really, what the movie is, it's a heist movie. Right. And I will say this: th- there's a couple things I appreciated. I was very worried. I and, th- and maybe maybe this is me because I'm more protective of the solo character than I am the Luke Skywalker character. So I understand how a lot of fans who saw Last Jedi didn't like the turn they did with Luke Skywalker. Right. 
and I, I understand that. The stuff they did with Luke Skywalker didn't bother me, but I understand where people were coming from. With Han Solo, I really just didn't want him to be a pussy. Like, I didn't want him to be a kind of goofy doofus who had no talent or no skills or no competency, and everyone around him is actually really good and he sucks. I really didn't want to see that. And right. I was very worried about that, because we're in the age of tear down everyone's hero. And I was very relieved that, that wasn't the case. That maybe maybe not coincidentally enough that the solo character is a lot more in the vein of an indiana jones character where he's a competent talented person but and, rough around the edges and maybe and gets, he in, gets gets in over over his head a little bit correct gets in over his head and gets out just by the skin of his teeth right but it's still his own competency that's doing it sure and that so i really like that and that was just kind of my again my personal bias going into the film and seeing that that's it's funny you're talking about like the, the Indiana Jones moments because the two moments I think that typify that most in Indiana Jones is in uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the Nazi get you know eats propeller yes and basically like it's Indiana Jones figuring it out and then the other one is uh, in um, uh, Last Crusade when he's going through the temple and he's like in the you know, in the name of God and he goes and then it cuts back to Sean Connery but in the Latin alphabet Jehovah starts with the night and you just hear Harrison Ford J <laughs> right. That's, right 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 the, 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 like that's right there yeah no that and and, and i agree I, and you see a little bit of that in this movie and alden um aaron Reck doesn't quite play harrison ford he really kind of makes it his own because it's a young han solo sure it's probably the he's probably when you first see him he's probably 19 18 yep that, that's the age of the character and then he's maybe 21 22 at the oldest he's 23 in this movie sure it's, it feels like a really young uh Han Solo. And I'll say this, what I liked about this particular Star Wars movie is this was certainly the first of the feature films where the whole fate of the galaxy didn't rest on the character's shoulder. And that was a relief. It was just really nice to see characters exist in this world. The the Empire and the Rebellion are on the periphery and it's good, it, it finally was some more world building where you could see how people lived and how they got around. And these are the these were the non-idealist or authoritarians just trying to make their way through the world right and that and that was a relief to me so i don't know how fans will re react to that but that was a real relief to me uh that also i i really like um the cast woody harrelson is excellent playing woody harrelson and, and having good hair i get once once again um alden aaron Ar as han solo was great donald glover as uh lando and to be fair donald is definitely playing the billy d williams like flute there he's he's playing the character he's playing billy d williams he's really good too is he is he he's a is, lot is he hang on is he billy d williams smooth yes oh god totally. thank you totally and it i was i was slightly worried about it and i was just like oh no because i mean i don't know if anyone talks like talks smooth quite like billy d williams it's true i mean and, just, I just go watch just go watch the cult 45 commercials yeah it's really something and and he does it really well uh and, and you're left with this feeling so baruch and i saw it and both of us were going i want to see another han solo movie because there's a lot of loose ends and you're you're watching it going uh you know how are these guys friends because there's a part of the, sh the movie that's actually funny where lando turns to han solo and he goes i hate you i hate you so much i'm gonna go into my ship and i don't ever want to see you again like it's really funny like nice. I, it's, when you when you see the context of the scene it really works i'll tell you what, i mean 
you, you do get that kind of feeling though in like in like Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. where you know where, where they're coming into Cloud City and he's like, I'm sure he's forgotten about that kind of like yeah. So that's or the, the, cool the you've got a lot of guts coming here. Right, right. There's there's but see with Cloud with the Cloud City scene, I know the one you're referring to. There's more history than this movie gives you. Sure, it feels like there's more this movie gives you. That's why I said I want another one. Oh, I'm, I'm what sure. I, what I really like, what I really really like, and again, this just might be my bias, is the relationship between Han Solo and Kira, played by Amelia Clark. Yeah. Um, I thought Amelia Clark was really good. I think both of them had really good chemistry, and their relationship makes a lot of sense. And to me, it makes a lot more sense than Han and Leia, because the two of them come from the same background. There was a, they have this like really young, passionate fiery romance and their circumstances tear them apart sure and and it's beginning of the movie they're they're torn apart by these circumstances and it's actually a quite gut-wrenching scene because you know they they get separated they're they're almost you know a split second from freedom and they're and they're torn apart and then they don't see each other for three years and then they come together again to work on this this heist of theirs and throughout the movie you're just trying to get these two back together and they it's like holding two magnets that are the same the same, same charge end, yeah and they're both bound they're both bouncing off each other and it's so frustrating and it works really really well uh so i i like that part and i actually might want to see it again to kind of catch the stuff and of course there are all the easter eggs that you'd expect from the star wars movie all the kind of callbacks the you know the the outfit that lando wears in return of the jedi with the the teeth grill that he had sure um woody harrelson wears that you remember in return of the um empire strikes back where c3po is talking to the navigation computer of the falcon yep and you understand you figure out why it talks like that um there is all this kind of uh all that stuff is there. I will say this movie's far from perfect. It's not the, the best heist movie I've ever seen. There are times where it just feels a little too convenient, and you're like, it just kind of has to be that way. Like, Han has to meet Chewbacca somehow. You might sure. as well just make it happen in the first 20 minutes of the movie. You know, no explanation of how Chewbacca got there, but he is, and now they're friends. So, okay, let's just do that. Sure. Uh, you know, and no explanation on how Han can understand Wookiee. Like, that's never, that's always been the thing, like, among Star Wars fans. It's like, how does Han understand Chewie and no one else does? And you see a scene where Han speaks Wookiee. He actually goes, and Chewie, like, looks at him funny and goes, yeah, I know a little bit. Uh, it, uh, that just reminds me of your coworkers. Yes, from the old shipyard in Staten yep. Island. Yeah. Oh my God. They, how, do they, how do they talk to each other? <laughs> but, okay, so is there's a character named Enf- Enfys Nest? Enfys Nest? Does that name sound familiar? It doesn't ring a bell. Okay, because again, she had a big reveal in the movie, and it was like, I don't know if she's from Rebels or, or some other Star Wars thing that I don't know. Right. Um... The only thing I will say is, like, you know, it doesn't have a, a villain that is really a villain, because it's a heist movie, so there's no real villain, but they have this character named Dryden Voss, who's played by um, Paul Bonetti, or B- Batani, sorry, Batani, the guy who's Vision from Infinity Wars. What's his name? Batani? No, Bentley. Um, ben- crap. B-E-T-T-A-N-Y. Batani. I'm, oh my god, I don't know how to pronounce this, and I'm just fucking blanking. Oh, there's a special way to say it? Not, like, special, but, like... I think it's Bentney. Bentney? Okay. Something like, um, 
I feel, I, I, feel I feel dumb at the moment, but yeah. I liked him in this. I, when he plays Vision, I understand he's playing a robot, so Vision's a little dull. <laughs> but he's he plays his best like Bond villain in this one. It's very Bond villain esque. So I would I I think this one's probably my favorite of the new Disney Star Wars films. But it's probably the least the, the poorest performing, and I feel bad about that because it's just clear I don't have good taste in films anymore. I don't know if I'd say you. I mean, I mean, you know, on the surface sure i'd say you have shit taste in films but that's you know like a frequent just me harassing you um but i mean i I think probably more just the popular popular sense in films is just not what you're looking for at the moment and you know wait a decade and it'll change i you know and the thing is i think uh franchise fatigue might be a real thing people because i you know this is what five six months after last jedi and while last jedi did well it again fan the fan base was split on it but i would i would tell the fans hey this one's actually worth watching i i spoke to one other person who really didn't care for it uh because it's that that wacky star wars continuity that's between revenge of the sith and new hope sure because it's like it's just weird it's it's not that long a period of time so why do things look drastically different i mean 18 years yeah i mean you're you're kind of my star wars historian when do all the clones die and when do the stormtroopers start being are the stormtroopers clones or are they regular people no stormtroopers are regular people it's kind of a a gradual basically after the clone wars they start phasing out the clones um so the one of the primary clones rex Mm -hmm. um who's big in the the clone wars cartoon Mm -hmm. um rex comes back in rebels and I have watched a, co- a little bit from this, the series finale of Rebels to know that Rex actually fights at the Battle of Endor. Oh, really? Okay. Now, I mean, he's, you know, he looks like he's probably in his 50s at that point. Right. Um, you remember, if, if you look at some of the pictures, there the the implication is there's a there's one of one of Solo's commandos with like a big a big white beard. Okay. That the 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 implication is that's Rex. Oh, okay. So they kind of just this is actual retconning. They kind of yes, like good kind of retconning. Yeah. Not the we're trying to just make something disappear, but they're no, like, yeah. oh, this is who this is. Yeah, it's a character that has other otherwise not been named correct yeah um okay okay and i mean personally i'm a a big fan of rex like that was a that was a character i always enjoyed that was um anakin's clone commander uh okay so this is kind of like the your wedge and tillies right is it kind of like that side character that we don't see much of yeah if if you watch if you watch the clone wars cartoon cartoon he's in that all over the place but yeah otherwise he's oh okay yeah um and i think he's briefly in revenge of the sith okay i will say this there is one moment in in this movie that really does make me scratch my head as to why the heck they did this and it comes at like the very end of the film and i mean if you look it up online you'll 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 read about on wikipedia but at this point since andrew hasn't seen it i'm not going to dive too deep into it but maybe when you see it we'll come back to it and you can explain to me why they did this because i didn't think it was a good idea yeah and it didn't add anything and it was so brief i I didn't think it helped it should only just detract and then it makes you go well now we got to get an now we need another solo movie to explain this because this doesn't make any sense sure um but now that this particular movie didn't do particularly well i don't know if we're gonna get another solo movie yeah i mean as long as it's not like a major disappointment i feel like um that disney will still disney will probably double down on it because to not do it would admit that like they fucked up right and right. and for stuff something like tron where it's, that's like hey we brought this back 25 years later and okay it didn't do very well but like star wars in the middle of fucking where it's at now like to admit defeat would right. just be like crushing on star on on them it would i mean and to be fair 
you know, they're still doing well. They're still making a lot of money, and they're still getting box office openings that any other movie would want. It's just you've, you've got this, you know, aura of Star Wars attached to it, and it's it's I don't know where where they go because it's just such a huge, 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 huge franchise. But, but it ain't quite Marvel, right? Because like Marvel's just been reliable almost every time. With Star Wars, at least these four, we are seeing a downward trend. Now they started really high up, but the trend is down. Yeah, I mean, some of that I think is just you know people are so invested mm-hmm. in the uh, in the saga films. Yes, you know, and we're just we're just starting to branch out into the non-saga films, and we're picking stuff that is all that is still fairly intertwined. So like Han Solo, the mm-hmm. Death Star. Uh, there's yeah. been talk about Boba Rogue Fett. Yeah, right? actually, so I was like, going to ask you: Do you do we know what third Star Wars story is going to be? I do not. I don't know. I, I mean, I heard the same rumor that it was going to be Boba Fett, and I don't, I don't, I can't source that. I don't. That was just kind of stuff I've heard. That could have just been chatter. You know, people just talking out both sides of their mouth. Sure, which happens because you I know, constantly. Yeah, all the time. And I, and I don't know if it was, I don't even know if they've slated these Star Wars movies to just be three, uh, I'm talking about a Star Wars story, like that anthology. I don't even know if it's slated to be just three. You know, it's an anthology. It could be five for all we know if they do well. Right, well, I'm, and, they're, and they're talking about all kinds of other films. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about um, the guy who did episode eight getting a whole new trilogy. That's right. And yeah, about, um, um, and Ryan Johnson getting his own trilogy. That's and right. John Favreau getting films. That's right. That's right. I completely forgot about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got mega plans for this franchise. So, I don't... Maybe Solo isn't going to do great at the box office, but mm. th- this is not going to be the, the the end of films like this. I, oh, I would certainly agree with that. I would certainly, certainly agree with that. And plus, now I'm kind of invested because I like this one. Sure. <laughs> like, I like this one. So, like, before... If we had this conversation before Solo where I hated it, I'd be like, oh, whatever. But, like, I want more of this. I want more of the galaxy doesn't need to be, uh, you know, a life or death struggle. Like, doesn't need to be the, the galaxy as we know it is going to end or save the galaxy, princess, Jedi, all this other stuff. Just sure. people doing stuff. And I, I would like to see more of that style that, that just doesn't deal with the war. You know, the you know, the Han Solo and Amelia Clark being basically orphan street rats, you know, abused and by this this person named Lady Praxis and how they get away and then how Solo crawls his way out of Corellia and how Amelia Clark crawled her way out of Corellia and then the kind of what I also liked is there's these innuendos and suggestions about how Amelia Clark made it out and you're like oh and you can kind of like write your own story for her which I always like better. I like that her. Or you don't she, need to, you don't need the, to give me every every detail. I can I can put pieces together in my brain. I'm right, a relatively I, intelligent and it, individual. And it it works for for the Kira character. It really works, especially the way not so much the dialogue between Amelia Clark and, or and the, the the Kira and Dryden Voss character, but but particularly the physical performance by Paul Batini Batani uh, or the Dryden Voss that that physical performance. Right. Is, is there's a lot there, like in the way he just holds her shoulder or he sits down next to her, the way he looks at her. It was actually a really good physical performance, and there's a lot in there that I read that, you know, just allowed me to write my own story that, that I was fine with. And then, like I said, Baruch was sitting there with me, and we were about 20 minutes in the movie. We were going, are you liking this so far? Because I'm liking this. I'm like, I'm liking this right now. And I'll nice. tell you this much. There was no one in that theater. We got there 20 minutes early. We, it was a 10.30. See, what's weird. We got there for a 10.30 show. Figuring it was going to be slammed. The 11 o'clock was sold out, okay? The 11 
11 o'clock is sold out. We got there 30, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before it started. I get in there. There is one other dude in the theater. One. When, when we, we sit down, and by the time the movie started, there might have been 15. There might have been 15. I was Damn. blown away on a Saturday night. Right. Blown away by that. But anyway, Other than that, I say, hey go see it this one's actually a lot of fun but i'd be curious if people don't like it why that's what i'm interested in seeing is what what didn't this one offer right no i mean i'm i'm, I'm definitely gonna go see it i'm looking looking forward to it as soon as i can get my ass out of work yeah um so what else have you been into that's really a boxing did my first sparring session today uh i got beat up i didn't cry when uh i didn't get beat up as badly as i could have been beaten up because i could have been beaten up pretty darn badly sure uh it's just one of those things where like all right how hard am i supposed to hit this guy like you, you know it's like i don't know the rules so like and, and the one hand i'm like do i go really hard or am i gonna make him mad but then like i actually don't have any skills in this so what does it matter like now right. i'm thinking like like oh am i giving myself too much credit and we went we did four rounds and i was like i have been trying to run five days a week to try and condition myself and we only did four rounds and i was like wow all that running didn't help <laughs> it was like oh crap i'm really out of shape and i was like my sparring partner is this guy he's about my height but he's just muscle he's like all oh, muscles and it made me even more mad as i was about 10 pounds heavier than him. damn yeah that was like that was the most depressing part not the fact that i got beat up because i fully expected that to happen but that that part where i was 10 pounds heavier than my my opponent and he looked like a, just a beast i was like oh yeah he hit me a couple times in the top of my head he's like lift your arm keep your hands up bang keep your hands up bang it's like i gotta really keep my hands up uh it was it was like on the one hand it was like really frustrating but then when it was all said and done i was like i, I want to do this again but i have you, no energy but you had, I wanna, you had I fun do you had again. fun doing it it was just, i had a lot of fun doing just, it and i was really bad beat. at it got completely and like again he was going way easy on me because his job was to practice defense and my job was to practice offense and i just got wallow but i was like even though i was completely aghast i was like all right give me five minutes let's just do this again um because of that other part where you do that and you go i don't want to do this anymore but me i was like okay i want to get better at this so that other than that it's really that's really been it i've been right. doing shows i'm going to be at the san diego comedy festival i believe june 3rd so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun good um so outside of being in shift work um which, i mean i've been having a lot of fun you know kind of overcoming some some crap from work from years past uh it's nice coming out the other end but uh i have been getting my office together which is nice we i'm i'm, I'm officially working out of the new uh the new command center here about to say command center but she took the words right out of my yep. mouth no it is absolutely a command center absolutely um man, i'm having a lot of fun with it i i just started unpacking books the other uh last night yeah last night so i've got like stacks of books i figure out where the fuck i'm putting them mm -hmm. which is both fun and like obnoxious because you're like all right well i could do it this way nah i don't really want to what about this way nah what about and, you know at some point i just gotta make a goddamn decision right um so i got that and then like i said i've been watching uh babylon 5 and then i'm uh, in the near future i'm actually gonna start getting back into some console gaming so mm -hmm. before i didn't really i haven't been really doing a whole lot of console gaming because um you know the consoles were downstairs and you know becky would usually be watching tv or something with that tv so now that i've got everything upstairs in my office um you know that's a lot of uh, that gives me the ability to do more and then on top of that uh i can i'm actually going to pick up a ps4 from a friend of mine nice. so i'm, I'm going to catch up on uh on some games so that'll be a lot of fun always fun so um that's about it yeah all right awesome all right folks if you like what we do make sure you head over to therefore you can check out our blog post on our podcast you can find us on facebook instagram 
Instagram and Twitter, and you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Dude. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek. Ah, good to be back. Yeah, man.